This is SideQuest Completed, the Hoppiest Game Dead podcast with your hosts Calvin and JC, coming to you every Wednesday with encouragement and advice on making your game a reality. Alright, so hey Calvin, it's been a very interesting weekend for me. How about you? Uh, it's been, I think, a less interesting weekend because I wasn't doing a game jam. And I was! Yeah, so for context, that was the GMTK Jam 2019. Something that uh, friends and I from another event all decided to do together just a few nights ago. So a very short notice thing. And we managed to actually make a whole game with a whole playable level and everything in a scant 48 hours. From was it Wednesday afternoon to here when we're recording Sunday afternoon. And whew, we are tired. Yeah. So that, that was my dream time experience for the weekend. So what size team did you have that committed to it? Was it eight to ten people? It's a pretty large group, actually. Wow, that, that that's a pretty large jam group. Yeah. So some more context, uh, game jams. We explain those. If anyone doesn't know. They that's are, a good idea. Yep. They are a thing where a bunch of people get together, usually form multiple teams or work individually, to create an entire playable game in a very short space of time. Ludendari, which I'm sure I'm mispronouncing, is a very popular one. It's been around for many years. If you want any example of a good game jam, Ludendari, L-U-D-U-M-D-A-R-E, probably Ludendare, I don't know, is a great place to look for that. GMTK was the one we just did. It's quite a blast. Uh, a very common thing in game jams is to have a surprise theme where nobody knows what exactly is expected of the games being made until the last second, so everyone's on an equal footing. In this case, the challenge was only one, and your game had to, one way or another, have only one of something as a meaningful part of gameplay. In our case, we had an engine with only one, we had a plane with only one engine, when it was supposed to be two, by plane, and you had to figure out how to land without crashing too terribly with only half normal controls. So you could only turn in one direction. Sounds fun. So when you say that game jams are making a game in a small amount of time, you mean like only a month, right? Uh, For some jams, yes. Most jams, 24 to 72 hours, depending on the jam. We're talking usually very compressed timeframes. 24 hours, that sounds ridiculous. How's that usually work out? Terribly! It's incredibly... (laughs) You get some half-finished games, you get some non-playable games, you get really wacky stuff. We also get some really impressive games at the same time. And because you have that kind of time pressure, it's a really good way to practice your scope and your focus, project management, all that. And if you can manage to make a game in 24 hours, you can then make an even better game in 72 hours, make an even better game in a week, in a year, so on and so forth. There's a lot to help you train up the same way you do reps with a lot more weight you would never normally lift in real life. So that when it comes time to do it, you're all set to go. That's a, that's a good metaphor or analogy or comparison. It's one yeah. of those. Similarly. Do you do gems a lot? Like, is this a, I know you've done other ones, but is it real frequent for you or have you just done a couple over the years? I definitely did. Several more, a few more when I was younger, especially mid twenties. 
Um, we're also time to have more time for that kind of stuff. But Anthotari was a game jam entry, if I remember correctly. Yes. The Strawberry Jam, if I remember correctly, that Strawberry Jam? Pretty sure Strawberry Jam a few years ago. The idea was to make a game. Uh, was it a lewd game? Game with the. Is it. Oh, a horny game, like a horny game. And Anthotari ended up not being particularly horny in that iteration, which was fine. But it got me to learn how to use Pico 8. It inspired me to flesh out the real game, full complete game of Anthotari. So it gets a lot of credit for that. Um, so you yeah. both made a game and learned a new platform for making games in the same weekend game jam? Exactly. It's a... If you choose a whole new engine for doing game jam, it's a great way to not be very productive game-wise. But it's also a great way to actually learn the engine instead of just poking at it here and there forever. It gets you to actually sit down and really figure out what's required of making a game in that engine, that environment, whatnot, that tool set. And while you may not have a great game that time, you'll be well-equipped to do it again later. So if you want to do another game jam, like that same month, you're already all ready and ready to go and know where things are, already have stuff installed, whatnot, figured out some of the weird edge cases. It's a great thing to try and practice Something like that in that constrained context. This time boxing it. So, um, would you say that the jam you were just in was more or less successful than your usual fare? Definitely more successful. We have a whole completable game with scoring. You can play it in the browser, you can play it with a standalone app. Has a was a useful models, actual proper controls and whatnot. It's definitely a very small but genuinely complete game. And that really impressed me because I've not seen a I've not been on a team project yet getting jam that really came together like this one did. So huge shout out to my team for being amazing. Especially with the how much effort coordination itself is among a team. Oh yeah. Uh, it's pretty impressive to be able to get a team that size especially together and, and coordinated in such a tight time frame. Yeah, I mean, we spent a couple of hours just ideating and coming down to the actual idea we would do for the game. It took us that long just to figure out, one, to all the possible things we might do, and then even more time to narrow down to the one thing we would do. Not just one thing because of the game theme, the jam theme, but the one thing you would have time to do in any game jam. So... Game jams are usually online, more or less global affairs. Um, but it sounds like your your team, I think you said earlier, was local. Like they all were at your place for the whole yeah. time. So, is uh, do you think that you could have done something like that if the team itself was remote? I know a lot a lot of game jam teams do work remote, and sometimes, and but maybe more often they're groups who know each other locally. Do you think that's pretty essential to being able to coordinate and organize that in that type of time frame? Oh, yes. We spent the initial few hours of the jam actually at an office, one of the teammates' employees' office, and borrowed that space for a bit, employee's office. And that was very useful, having large whiteboards, projector, whatnot, kind of things we needed to do thought exercises and planning. So that was a big help. And then we spent a good chunk of time the next day, and now today, two days, actually here in my girlfriend Maya's place, we have, well, more whiteboards. And 
space, lots of seating, multiple tables, extension cords everywhere, and actually we were able to sit down in a very comfortable space, and no interruptions, nothing to worry about sharing it with a employee hours and whatnot, employer hours, and could just pound on it for hours and hours and hours. We started rolling at like 10 a.m. this morning, and people didn't leave until around 3 a.m., well, 10 a.m. yesterday morning, and then about 3 a.m. this morning, and then came back here on Sunday morning, or late Sunday morning, to actually wrap things up. Whew. So I should clarify, my whole role in this particular project was project manager and producer, more than anything else. Oh, how, how was that? That sounds like an interesting focus as a type project. Because yeah. usually you think of game gyms as just sitting down and, and knocking code out real quick. Um, mm -hmm. That's usually the focus of the narrative around it. Yeah. But it's like one to three people, then they're all their own project managers. When it's eight to 12 people, then someone has to be able to wrangle everything together. Someone has to order the pizza, which I did twice, get the donuts. Uh, make sure everyone's hydrated and that we're staying a little bit focused. I actually took out a flat surface and made us a Kanban board with stickies to track all the work in progress, what was done, all that at pictures. And I was just generally available to make sure everything moves, uh, moves smoothly, that people had stuff to do and all that. Because we didn't have time for any teammates to just be sitting there idle for a few hours waiting for something to be fixed. They had to do keep everyone busy the whole time because they could make hard decisions on what we're going to keep drop whatnot and that was very much me stretching myself the same way you might learn pico 8 or learn unity the progress of doing a game jam i thought this is a chance to learn project management and production in a very visceral way yeah that's a really interesting way to just dive in head first like you said just like with a new tool or, or a platform or something uh, doing that with process and other Soft skills is important too. Yeah, I'll tell I you never, that. I never really thought of using a game jam for that kind of exercise. Yeah, I will say it's a. I have a very strong, a much stronger visceral appreciation for what my project manager and my job does day to day. Yeah, I knew intellectually she was working hard, but to actually be doing this kind of stuff in this kind of type time frame with pressures or whatnot, I can feel how much work she was doing even though she doesn't do any programming that's a good perspective to have a lot yeah. of us lack that by us i mean programmers specifically oh yeah yeah it was quite fun i would totally do it again not next weekend because i am tired and brain drained but in the future <laughs> yeah that sounds like it was a lot of fun i'm glad oh, to hear that it went really well that seems like a particularly an unusually um good outcome for a GMG. I mean, they're always yeah. fun, and I think interesting things always come out. Even unfinished stuff is still uh, some kind of success, but it sounds like you, uh, you guys knocked out of the park. Yeah. I mean, it's it got to be a good feeling. Oh, yeah. I mean, it looks super rough, and it's got a graphic, graphic glitch on the WebGL version, but it works. It's scoring and everything, and we all feel very accomplished. Oof. Yeah. So if... Uh, that's talking a lot about a particular game jam. We'll talk about game jams in general. We never talk about very useful tactics, tips, strategies to coming away feeling accomplished from a game jam. Yeah. Um, 
I haven't had as much experience with them, but I have done them a few times over the years. I used to do some of the early Pi Weeks, which are um, twice yearly, one week long game jams on Pi Game. Ooh, nice. Which have been going for, I think, at least 12 years now. Dang. Actually, they're actually one of the longest running uh, game jam groups Around. ever. Um, but they're slightly less known just because Pi Game is sort of its own little niche. Yeah. Always has been. That's um, still very good to those, know. Those were always fun. And I did those more also when I was younger, like in my 20s, and uh, used to with some online friends. Uh, I never really had, especially at that time, I didn't have any local Python people or any local programmers even. Well, yeah. Uh, mm-hmm. Which is always a little bit of a struggle, but they were really good for um, providing a space to... Mm-hmm practice that because especially at that time i was freelancing early on my freelance career and i really didn't have the time to try to do this game dev thing on the side like i'm trying now because i pour all my time into self-education and training Um, more recently i found uh jen's been a great way to try out new ideas or scratch itches yeah especially ones that you may not want to ones that you really want to scratch, but you don't really want to put the effort and commitment into to do a full game and product. Um, if you just want to, you know, get that itch scratched, there's a great way to do that, get that idea done and move on from it. You know, that idea that's in the back of your head that you can't get out. Uh, it's a really great way to take care of that idea without having to try to carve out an entire project out of your life again. Like, uh, you know, it's a built-in time box for just try it out and move on. Exactly. Which is really, closure, yeah. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Uh, so there's some things that you just, you really want to try out, but you don't have, I mean, it's a budgeting thing. You don't have enough time to do all the ideas. And game gems are a great way of using some of the smaller ideas. And sometimes it might come out that it works well and you do t- carry it on to a bigger thing. But it's a great opportunity for the things that you don't carry on to. Exactly. You might find that something you built in that game was just what you needed for a bigger game project. You might find that you didn't like it. It was just last year, last year or earlier this year, I made a whole advanced game as an excuse to learn more Rust hands-on and try a particular intriguing game mechanic. The Rust learning was very useful and very fun. The game mechanic idea was interesting and also not actually that fun implementation but i spent 30 days of the jam working on it figuring it out and was went going a couple i think two to four more weeks on it because i was just that interested in, in trying it out but i learned that this was not something for a complete game i could call it done because it's yeah. just an experiment so exactly to your point so you mentioned um how Game jams often, maybe even usually, have a, a theme, usually a surprise theme. Um, a, a more generalized aspect of jams from those themes is that there's usually, whether theme or, or not, some sort of constraint. Right. Um, of course, the constraint built in with the time, but there's almost always some other constraint on top of that. Whether that's a theme, then there's th- things like a low res jam where all the games have to be 64 by 64 pixels. Ooh. Uh, there's specifically Pico 8 jams, which of course that platform has its own, is it a limitation amongst itself. Uh, pretty much every jam I can think of, you know, whether it's theme or otherwise, has, uh, they, they work because they're working under constraints. Yeah. 
Exactly. Um, time boxing is helpful for, for that anyway. So it provides good practice for that. And it also just necessitates that you have to divvy up that short amount of time you have and learn how to make sure you get a little bit of all the things done so that you can get it across the finish line. Uh, like if you're a solo person, then you have to figure out how to take that time and carve it up to a little bit of art, a little bit of code, a little bit of planning, a little bit of project management, a little bit of writing. Um, I think that that's a, that's a really good practice, that sort of uh, self-organization. Strong agreement. You know, if there's one big challenge for hobbyist game devs, it's the seeming lack of deadline for your work. It's very easy to fiddle on something forever and ever and ever and keep pushing off the release of it. I speak from personal experience. Uh, well beyond the shelf life of the project. And figuring out how to do stuff in a very short time frame, practicing that muscle, working it out, can do wonders for helping ones with projects that don't have hard deadlines. Yeah, as a, especially as a you know, hobbyist game dev, as we focus on, if you don't have a deadline, the deadline is when you're dead. Yeah. And as more of as that sounds, it's like you can you can spend your life working on a project because it doesn't matter right. you know, in a way, you know. And there's people who do that even, but um, yeah, if you want to work on more than one thing in your entire life, that's a skill you need to learn. Exactly. Feet releases are good. You can uh, learn to appreciate um, not just a deadline, but appreciate reducing to fit within that deadline and then moving on afterwards. Yeah. Because if you haven't gotten to a finish line, it's really easy to look at a project and think, well, I can always, no matter how long you've been working on it, you can always look at it and say, here's what I could do with another year. Yeah. So you have to learn the skill of appreciating what you can finish with a deadline. Exactly. Yeah. Because if you want to move on to particular tactics for a successful game jam, I think what some things you can do you have to make sure you know what you're working on and not just what you're working on, but what you're not working on. One of the reasons we succeeded at this game jam, like we succeeded, was that we spent a good couple of hours out of a mere 48, two or three hours, a big chunk of our time just throwing out all the ideas that sound even remotely interesting, and then viciously paring down to the bare minimum. And that resulted in a very strong core concept that we could all rally around. And it had to give us a huge focus when it came to wondering what we should work on next, what features we should have, what we shouldn't. Because it all came back to that one thing that execution actually happened in a timely fashion. Mm, yeah. Yeah. Another thing too is probably to make sure people know what parts they're working on. If you have an art person, make sure they know what they have queued up. Okay, so let me go take that back. If you're going to have enough people to have multiple roles, definitely want to make sure you have a good queue of stuff lined up. That so if the sound person finishes one song, they already know what kind of song to work on next, and they don't have to go back to the rest of the team to confer and ask, do we need this kind of song or that kind of song? They can just keep rolling forward music production. If somebody finds the game jam, uh, they finish with a feature early, they can go on and find the next one to start powering through. So pre-planning, preparing a list of what's going to be worked on ahead of time in order is invaluable. Yeah, definitely. Um, 
one, one important thing not to not overlook personal aspects of yeah. Yeah, like the personal the, the impact and requirements on a personal life it can be hard yep. to yeah. devote an entire weekend to one thing um was your girlfriend involved in the jam too it sounds like yes she was one of the developers on it so, so. That, that helps a lot because yeah. if you don't have a partner who's involved you have to tell them i'm gonna be home all weekend but i'm gonna be ignoring you uh if you have a family that's really hard that's yeah. one reason i've done less jams is that as my once my son got old enough you know um it's really hard to take part in jam culture once you don't have a lifestyle that works well with it you know once i have a lot about the reason that game, game jams are great but there are some downsides in, in the way that the in the things that they require to be able to participate. Yeah, that's one reason why I love the month long game jams. Sometimes is that you can spend a reasonable amount of time in the evening and pace it in a way that survives contact with the, your mm -hmm. personal needs. So like it can one, be harder to see through though. It can yeah. a month is enough time to just kind of. Uh, I think a lot less people are going to get to the finish line on those. Mm -hmm. I think the weak ones are a good compromise. Well, yeah. It depends on the person. I would recommend any given game dev try different ranges, one week, one month, one day, so forth, and see what works for them. Yeah. But you made a really good point, Calvin, about how important it is to have the people in your life supporting you in the jam because you don't have extra time left over, especially on a 24, 48-hour jam to lose six hours from errand or something. Well, yeah. a 24 hour jam is almost easier to do than the weekend. Cause at least you, then yeah. you can say we can do, I can do this stuff around the house tomorrow. Yeah. Uh, but the weekend is, you know, before it, you got to work and after it, you got to work and during it, you're just occupied the whole time. So, uh, weirdly the 24 hour almost is easier to do. Yeah. Like so definitely. I was really glad I could help keep my girlfriend on track and, focused on contributing to a team and doing the dev stuff because I was able to take care of all of the minutia background stuff. So for example, she didn't have to worry about laundry. I did that during the game jam. Then to worry about food because I was taking care of all the orders and all that. And having someone there willingly helping with all that, either as a, a team member, producer, or other partner doing that can make a huge difference. And if anything, like uh, if your wife Calvin were to really run point for you during Game Jam, it's, it definitely makes sense to list her as a producer, product manager, yeah. in the credits of the game. Yeah, very appropriate. Yeah, recognize that labor. Yeah. I think else we want to talk about. Um, we talked before about the importance of cutting down scope dramatically on game projects. So you can listen to the episode on scope management. It has to be applied. 5x when it comes to game jam. I'm. I feel like that could be a whole topic on itself of how to carve an idea down enough that you could do it in a couple of days or a week. Like that's scope because there is the general need for blocking and getting scope creep and paring down scope when you need to. And there's the general topic of game jams, but having to carve down scope that drastically is a whole thing in and of itself. Whole new ball game, yeah. Actually, that might be a bad episode. Would be two of us go, spending the whole hour doing game jam prep, and actually ideating and paring down our ideas and figuring out all details. A live example of that. 
So I know there's a lot of advice out there on to do it, but I don't know if I've ever seen many, yeah, many people a good idea. demonstrating it live. Yeah. We will add that to the list. We'll go on the list. All right. So um, sounds like your game jam went great. It uh, encourages me to look out for what the next one is. Like I said, I don't do them as much. Uh, the last one I did was probably low res jam, and the last big successful one I did was the la- I've only done one Ludum Dare, um, but it went really well, and I really love the game I built from it, and I probably will try to do the next one because uh, now after talking about this afternoon, I'm I'm feeling good about looking forward to another jam, so I think I want to do that. Nice. Um, but uh, that's not what I did for the last week. Um, mm-hmm. I uh, so maybe we could get into our usual updates and other, you know, normal things. Yeah, sound good. Sound good. Actually, I was just looking at the low rise jam, and it just started uh, only a few days ago. It's oh, I still got time. It's still time. Ooh. Yeah. Uh, I'm actually kind of engrossed myself. Oh no, I have a. I totally nerds that to myself what the idea was. I made a shame. rhythm space shooter for the last one. It was fun. Nice, cool. So made line up. Yeah, so right on that, sorry. Cut this part out. Alright, so I guess like uh so what we have we been working on. So it's about um me and the game jam. And I wanna say with great pride that I still managed to stick to my word count goal on Atari and been Including the game during jam. the jam? Wow. Yeah. I am impressed. It was like eleven fifty-five. Let your team down by focusing on your writing instead of your game jam. How could you? Yeah. Well, as far as being a the responsible team member, was taking care of my own needs as well because a right. dehydrated, starving team member, right? Either literally or uh, creatively, can be a drag as much as anything else. So very important self-care. Yes. Uh, yeah. Um, and beyond game jam, also keeping the word count goal. So woo, awesome. Um, I got my planned work done. Um, that didn't happen last time, but that I still planned on this past week. I got my cutscene implementation done. Um, woo. Went really well. Um, and I still need to then start mapping out some of the actual cutscene content that I'll be writing. Um, I was able to do it with. Um, Scriptable, scriptable objects in Unity, which are like a way of building reusable asset files uh, that are basically just a simple serialization. So I can kind of get a free editor for the cutscene configurations. Um, they should be pretty easy to put together that way. Um, I'm looking forward to building out the content because this makes it so that I have the pieces in place. I have the actual level, I have the level editor already from the previous work I've done on the project and the first couple of levels prototyped and now I have this cutscene implementation so I can put those together to get the opening of the game starting to, to get into place. Oh, very which nice. Which will feel really good because I've got like all these different pieces. I've got a, a full level from the middle of the game to get an, an idea of how I want it to feel and I've got a logo and I've got this cutscene thing and I've got writing and sketches and now I can start to really put down enough pieces in a sequence to start to see how it's coming together, and I'm really excited about getting to that point. Ooh, very awesome. It's going to be a blast. Can't wait to see what comes of that next week. And I got something out for Screenshot Saturdays because I was thinking about our last episode oh. on progress updates. Well, gas, I need to do a Screenshot Saturday too. Oh no. And a reminder and everything. Okay. Okay, I guess I can do a screenshot of some text. 
You can do a screenshot of the word count dialog. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, yeah, it works. Yeah. I'll tell you how to do a screenshot of the words. Ooh, open paragraphs. Sneak peek. All right. So, are you going to continue writing for the next week? Uh, still I'm just gonna, plenty to do there? Yeah, I'm just going to keep going until I find run out of running to do. I find it an ongoing thing indefinitely. Well, at least until Antotari is done. All right. That sounds like a good goal. Yeah, because I guess getting words written, which is the most important thing. Yeah. Yeah, cool. I guess we'll move on to what we've been playing, reading, whatnot. I have been playing entirely too much of... Let me check it out. Game name... Kingdom Two Crowns on the Switch. I played the original online web-based version years ago. So I was excited to process of playing a full-on... Switch-based version, and it's been plenty of good thing lately. There's so much uh, exciting depth to it. It was a really good lead-in to the game jam because the interface for the game is so simple. All you can do largely is move left, move right, drop money, make your horse go faster. And they managed to put an amazing amount of depth into really simple controls and incredibly sparse Spartan interface that nonetheless communicates a lot to the world itself, instead of trying to have a bunch of numbers. I know the game, and I, I think I have it from a bundle, but or, 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 but I haven't played it. I need to. Yeah, I recommend it. It's one thing that a lot of game devs could learn from. I definitely enjoy anything that's in some measure stripped down. Yeah. Um, I'm always fascinated by the, by the way that that can impact the overall experience. Yeah. Okay, I would cool. definitely, I definitely check that out soon. I have, um, I've been spending. Let's see, I've been still on my usual time with my Overwatch team. I kind of got an actual team that I've been sticking with night to night, so that's made it. I, mm-hmm. I don't do as much as I. I've been trying to cut back and like limit the time per night. Um, but then I also I remembered that they made some of the DLC for Destiny. Um, they started making some of it free. Uh, whenever they changed publishers. So mm-hmm. I had never picked up the Forsaken um, expansion. Oh, we're missing out. So I picked that up. Yeah, I picked that up and I started playing that uh, this weekend. And that's been a lot of fun. I'll probably do some more of that soon. Or maybe. Uh, so yeah, that, that's been a lot of fun. Um, I don't like the end game of Destiny. Or I'm not, mm-hmm. It's not like it's not good. It's I don't like that part of those games. I really just like the single campaign. That's that's the part I love. Yeah, actual you get actual so, closure and such, which is nice. Yeah, like once you get past that, then the game is just to redo the same raids. I, that, I've got like no interest in that. So yeah, I, I also kind of like I don't. There is another expansion coming around, so that's one of the reasons why I'm doing the um, Forsaken now because when I finish it, I won't immediately be out of content. I can have something else around the corner. Yeah. So cool. that'll be fun. So they both have some good plans for us next week. All right, so I think uh, anything else you want to cover right quick before we call it a day? No, no. Um, I had a good time hearing um, what you did in your game jam. Um, I'd like to point out that, and we talked about this before we started recording, that we picked this topic and then you committed to doing a game jam that ended just an hour before we recorded. And yeah. that's a fantastic coincidence. And we would have had a fun conversation about game jams in a more abstract sense otherwise, but that sure worked out pretty well. Oh, yeah. So very cool. I thank you very much, Calvin. So I will see you later.
See you next time. Thanks for listening to the SideQuest Completed Podcast. If you aren't subscribed, you can find us on iTunes, Google Play, and Spotify. You can also find all our episodes and our RSS feed at SideQuestCompleted.com. Subscribe today and don't miss an episode posted every Wednesday. Keep game devving and we'll see you next week.